They've been moving furniture around on the orbital this week and shoving us into a tiny cupboard. Something about builders coming to take a look at our potential or some such. And apparently the radio crew will be much able to be better at showing our contribution to Hutton life if we're in this tiny, tiny room. And funny thing, the silly beggars have forgotten to put a handle on the inside. <laughs> it means that we're just a teeny bit more squashed than usual. And although you can't hear him, Deadmeat has been offering to let everyone sit on his lap, but apparently he only wanted a time for some reason. We'll do our best to broadcast up to our usual standard, uh, but I suppose the fact we've already started the show means we've exceeded that already. <laughs> oh, a light is illuminated, showing that we're ready to start. But the close quarters means that the bulb is actually singeing Amelia's hair. Mind you, if she will sit on the desk, what does she expect? Vantian breathes in as far as he's able and gives us our cue to start. Oh, it's so wild. Good evening, good evening, everyone, from what we're calling Studio 5C in an attempt to maintain some semblance of professionalism. But I'm afraid the smell of bleach and the sight of various mops rather give the game away. Still, we're not downhearted. Probably because we really haven't noticed just how bad it is. But we'll soldier on. Ooh, yes, soldiers. I like to dip them in my eggs. You know that can be taken two ways, don't you? As can I. No, sorry, not going there this early in the evening. Juan Care, what do you like for breakfast? I am, as you know, uh, very fond of a bit of crumpet first thing in the morning, especially if it's all dripping with butter. Ooh, dripping. Tea break over. Back on your heads, it's headlines time. The Pilots' Federation have got the painters in. And the builders. It's all about social engineering. Speeding is punishable by death. Gunfight at the so-so corral. Have you been involved in a promotion that wasn't your fault? The greatest little engineer in Colonia. It's tubby tickling time as tranquility transcends. Everything you ever wanted to know about the community-led events. Well, for this week at least. The revival of changing cockpits seemed to have galvanised the Pilots' Federation into action, and crossed marked with spray paint on the floor of certain cockpits have started appearing. They've started roping off parts of the concourse in various stations, and mysterious deliveries have been seen arriving at megaships. Tireless investigations by our roving reporter have revealed that these are all part of an initiative to improve the quality of life for pilots who need to spend lots of time in these environments. 
Firstly, by marking on the floor of your cockpit, is the preparation for the extra seat we covered that here five weeks ago. So if you haven't started making room in the fridge for someone else's milk and laid in extra supplies of toilet paper on your own, um, head be it. Actually, if it is the Imperial Navy, then perhaps that should be in your own head be it. The changes inside stations, or as the Pilots' Federation termed it, new social hub styles, appear to have been caused by complaints that everywhere looks the same. Like being in a chain hotel bedroom. You could be in Seoul, or in Colonia, and the only way to tell is to look out of the window. If you have one. The Imperials complained that their stations weren't swanky enough, and lowlifes, such as hang-around bars in out-of-the-way orbitals, complained that they weren't wanky enough. Pilots Federation to the rescue, as they've just got their discount card from Bellastrades RS, allowing them to offer you the pick of any style of handrail, just as long as it's in the first two sections of the catalogue, and not in the luxury range. And is a handrail. This year's station look is apparently all about the pipes, as they will be making a comeback after the garish pipework of the 3200s made them so last century. As apparently, industrial is what we all want when sitting at the bar. And don't think that the changes stop there. Oh no, randomly dropped crates and plant pots to stub out your fags in will be, here it comes, different colours. Presumably so you can tell what station you're in by the colour and size of the box you've just tripped over. There are employment opportunities coming for Dietrich's displacement operatives, or cleaners, but only in the wealthy and high-tech systems. This is likely to start a migration to such systems from places like asteroid stations, plus industrial and agricultural systems. And you know those farmers won't wipe their boots before they come in. Without cleaners, the carpets will be ruined in no time and the whole place will smell of bio-waste. We think that this is a very short-sighted approach to cleanliness. Just you wait until there are no space truckers or agricultural workers left in these poorer systems. The Imperials will soon start complaining when the shelves start emptying. And they can't get their Apiornis eggs for breakfast. Or they run out of bio-waste removal roll. The next piece of information about changes coming to vessel interiors involves megaships. Apparently, these are to be fitted with megaship social spaces, not, as we first thought, the equivalent of parks for the kiddies where the parents can gossip and sip megagin out of tea flasks whilst their offspring leap off tall structures or dig up little presents left by a momus bog spaniel in the sandpit, but a base for on-foot services such as Vista Genomics and Pioneer Supplies. I don't know about you, but I don't hang about Pioneer Supplies looking for strangers to chat with about upgrading my suit or where you can get the cheapest ammo. Well, not since the restraining order, anyway. Still, if the Pilots' Federation says social spaces, then I guess we'll end up being sociable. <clears throat> Note that this work is only being completed on megaships. Fleet carrier owners should not get their hopes up anytime soon, looking for a bar or even a small casino where they can win the cost of the trip in Tritium from unsuspecting passengers. Megaships only. Why? 
Well, it's all to do with a view. You need to be protected against witch space. It's an abyss that's going to gaze into you a lot more than you're going to gaze into the abyss. Seeing that sight unprotected will affect you more than making 700 jumps on the Milano, and the resultant unbidden ejection of whatever it was you had for lunch, even if you have a friend to hold your hair back, will exceed the cleaning capacity of even floor mopping guy. The only sensible protection is to either construct your ship without windows, like fleet carriers, or use the special abyss-proof class, known as abysmal brand. Megaships are already abysmal. They were constructed from day one, knowing that there would be gorpers aboard, staring at the swirly lights as they move from system to system, whilst fleet carriers are much more the car transporters of the galaxy. No frills, but you get where you're going. Fitting social areas to fleet carriers will require all such vehicles to be retrofitted with abysmal glass, and so far nobody's been willing to stump up the cost. Oh, and good news for Apex passengers who have been complaining about having nothing to do on long flights. You'll soon be able to spend your trip ascending the taxi to an alternative destination. That should keep you busy. The Pilots' Federation, those happy-go-lucky Santas, uh, sorry to include a mention of anything Christmas-related this early in the year, but no, as no one but Mrs Vantian is ready for that just yet. Anyway, those happy-go-lucky Santas who check the lists of the galaxy's inhabitants deciding if you've been naughty or nice, and that the punishment for almost everything is not coal, but death, have been looking down from the celestial home and have realised that not everything that's happening on the ground is entirely fair. Commanders have been using their ships in an imaginative, but it could be argued, one-sided way, tipping the balance heavenly in their favour when it comes to blowing shit up. Looking around for what they can use to help, the P-Fed, yeah, well that close, we're allowed to use a pet name for them. The P-Fed uncoupled some of their guns from the toast rack of a stonking big Coriolis station and will be mounting them on the surface of various planets to act as speed cameras. They will be called Gatso, Ground Authority Turret Speed Obliterators, and they're going to be used to teach pilots that catching some flak is not something they want to fly into, unless they really, really miss seeing their rebuy screen. To be fair, they have painted them yellow, so no one's going to have much sympathy if you claim they were hidden in behind a bush or that the sun was in your eyes. A spokesman for the Pilots' Federation said, well, they've just sent us a message to say they weren't those kinds of friends and can we please maintain formality in how we address them if we didn't want one of those new catsuits facing cubicle three. Right, okay. Um, a commander, be the captain or some such, did hold hope that the famous panel is caught, panel is down manoeuvre could still be attempted. So if you're looking to make an aerial assault in future, we suggest that you find a friend on the ground, preferably a short one, so that they can make the approach without getting their heads spread over half the landscape. Galactic adventurers and three times winners of the Laurel and Hardy Cup for accidental comedy at the Beagle Point Fringe Festival, Commanders Rampage 737 and Grow Grand Nomarch of all the Colonias Hanky have been airing their dirty linen in public. Dirty linen with a skid mark bigger than Flossie's last thrusters off landing and a fouler stink than Cubicle 3's long term storage area. With cries of 
My dad's bigger than your dad, and see that escape pod? That's your house, that is. These two duelers of words using rapiers of riposte and shields of shit-talking have been exchanging insults like a seasoned threepwood, keeping, I know you are, but what am I? Bouncing in the air back and forth for hours, neither side giving any quarter or any greater wit than nah, nah, nah. Honour has apparently been besmirched, as they say, each by t'other. And nothing short of sending their deadly rival to the rebuy screen will suffice. They're like a modern-day Statlerum Waldorf, but with a bigger stick up their arse. And these two, who really are the best of friends, have found themselves having to follow through. And for one of them, it won't be the first time. They have decided that this can only end one way. It'll be handbags at dawn. Which is a bugger, since the contest will be held on Mitterrand Hollow. Here at Hutton, we've become increasingly concerned about the underhand tactics of the underwriters for the Pilots' Federation's ship insurance. For example, they've been sending messages through system chat saying that they've heard that you've been involved in an accident. These can, of course, be met with the reply of How did you know? It's only just happened. There's bits of wreckage everywhere and I think that the other pilot must be dead. Or at least he must be an owl if his head is facing in that direction. And that may buy you a small amount of self-satisfaction if nothing else. However, this is nothing compared to the relentless bombardment of pilots when they're at their most vulnerable. Just as they've received a promotion and endorphins are coursing through the system, the Pilots' Federation hit them with the news that their insurance is going up. Not exactly an incentive to pass your test, is it? Apparently, this is just an administrative error on the part of an overeager employee who did the equivalent of a reply-all on a message where you're bad-mouthing your boss and forgot to select Elite star, rich geezers only, in the Mail Merge programme. So for now, unless you've reached the exalted ranks of the super tax payers, you can safely ignore these messages. And for goodness sake, don't move your credits to a safe place if someone messages you to say that your account's been compromised. Introducing a new member of the engineering team who'll be coming to Colonia quite soon, TM. Rosie Knightling. Born and raised in a starport within a northern feudalist system, Rosie had a few obvious skills in her youth. She was an average student, suffered from verbal diarrhoea and found athletic competition other than Mario Kart dull. But she did have a passion for mechanical things. Fascinated by the constant stream of ships outside the window of her, two up, two down, with a combination of donated, swapped and liberated from their original owner tools, she began to tinker on the gadgets in her mother's bedside table, looking to reverse engineer them to learn how the various components work. Her natural talent blossomed and over time she started visiting her neighbour and whilst telling their parents she was helping them with his technology, was getting inside his suits and manually handling his equipment. This became helping out friends of friends then distant acquaintances as Rosie approached adulthood, people from across the station would turn up at her door with things to fix. In fact, the number of people who came rapping at the door led to her family home eventually being known as 
the local knocking shop. And yet, she would rarely charge people credits for her time. Her enjoyment of work and tendency to trade skills led her to accept favours instead of credits. A trembling of the knees in exchange for a home-cooked meals, an overnight stay for free house cleaning, word of Rosie's talents, Rosie reached a local businessman who operated a suit supply store. An experienced hands-on merchant himself, he offered Rosie an opportunity to help out behind the curtain at his shop in return for some second-hand battery-operated devices, pharmaceuticals, furry restraints and other equipment. Rosie accepted, drawn by the chance to examine far more interesting gear than the home appliances and commercial technologies she was used to. After many happy years of this arrangement, her mentor passed away. With little, what little she had to bequeath was given to Rosie, along with a handwritten note asking Rosie to leave the starport and pursue her dream of a full chicken ranch. Rosie did so, announcing to her friends that she would seek employment with someone that she could call Madam. As word and penicillin spread throughout the community, a collection was held to fund this new venture. The many Rosie had helped so selflessly for so long gladly contributed. To Rosie's astonishment, it was just enough to establish her own gentleman's club in Colonia. Rosie found her local celebrity discomforting, having felt that helping the community was a responsibility rather than something notable. Yet deep down she recognises that she could have made a comfortable living from her talents, but chose to remain true to her principles. Now she enjoys total autonomy in a new community, excited by the opportunity, while missing her friends dearly. The Hutton space holiday season continues unabated despite the recent last bank holiday before Santa, with all systems blue across the board, experiencing a prolonged period of relative calm, except for a couple of mild isolated thunderstorms, of which you will hear shortly. The outlook is good, with a period of settled calm predicted. It's like we're all happy, lying on our backs, legs in the air, having our tubbies tickled, snorting over happy thoughts and dreaming of leftovers. We have only three systems below 40% this week. Wolf 1481, Narenses and... No prizes for guessing this one. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? It's Barnard Star, which again recovered briefly with a small bump after minor factions completed their squabbling earlier in the week, but it has now slid back to 30%. And this week, the latest episode in a series of wars and elections amongst the also-rans temporarily sees over 40% of the system's influence tied up. It seems that all is not well at the back of the wardrobe, where four of the Narnian factions are squabbling with each other in wars, both civil and not-so-civil, locking up 55% of the influence in a very similar situation to Barnard's star, leaving Hutton on only 30%. Wolf1481 completes this week's pile of laggardly systems on 37% with yet another war between minor factions. What is it with these minor factions? 
PSPF-LF2 had a mild case of pirates during the week, but these were seen off after the twice-daily application of some well-rubbed-in multi-cannons and anti-pirate cream. At the top end of the systems league, we have only four systems above 60%. There's little point in me telling you which ones as we tire of hearing their names. Let's just say that we've never seen this much pointless misguided excitement over a couple of insignificant LPs since the Osmonds were a thing. Meanwhile, in Colonia, the Dark Lord of Pythias himself, Darth Hanky, asked that Tucker's help Hotcock win the imminent election in Tyr and the ongoing election in Pythias, both against the Colonia Cooperative. Priorities this week are... If you want to truck something, boost Hutton influence in Barnard's star and Narnia once the squabbling has died down a bit. Or help hanky stuffed tissue box. I, 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 I mean ballot boxes. If you want to shoot something, oh, find something yourself. Now, coverage of events organised by fellow community members. As usual, links will be posted in the Twitch chat and also in the description of your YouTube upload. There are fewer of the 124 waypoints of the Cannon Challenge ahead of the Fleet Carrier Console than there are behind it, and whilst his passengers are dawdling in the local tourist shops, Commander Mephisto popped out for a crafty snifter and to send us this update. After five days of refuelling Tritium, the Comfy Cannon crews reached Waypoint 67 to admire Ostrinum Chalice Pods. Today, on the second day of jumping into the Formorian frontier, 50,000 light years from Sol, Konsu reached the next waypoint. Here, the first squad mollusks of the crews are featured with the rubium species. There are four more waypoints in the vicinity, then the crews will head to the far north, uh, northern arm of the Milky Way. The SWS High Summer Slamdown 3307 expedition continues until September the 5th, so still time to join the long-range high-gravity body landing tour. Commander Richard Fluyanis M has sent us this update. We are in our last week of our expedition and we just went through the mighty, the Lizabreaker and Colonia with most of the people in the expedition doing the card challenges. However, the problem of the mysterious disappearing planets persisted and we had to remake the route. After our brave scouts found some replacements, we discovered that some of these systems were in fact barely discovered and without recognition. A lot of entries for a galactic mapping project and a lot of gravity mechanics were tested and hopefully we can get to determine who is the greatest slammer of all. FGS Glorious War surveys the Monkey Head Nebula concluded successfully after exploring in and around nebulas such as Monkey Head. Commander Wiener Warlock sends us this farewell from the expedition. After two weeks, plus 20,000 bodies scanned, plus 5,000 probes sent off to their end, and 1,000 bodies successfully mapped, the crew only lost the reported five commanders, two of those to gravity. The 
chat and screenshots thread were full of interesting shots and gorgeous vistas, some clever problem solving and overall a good sense that we set out to leave footprints on planets that no one has seen before. The Wild Wild West expedition departed from Colonia on the 28th of August and Commander Analog Kid has left this note pinned to our door. Having called forth a burst of carriers from Lave, the birthplace of uh, birthplace of Elite, the Wild Wild West expedition beckoned us towards the thriving hub of Colonia, where commanders converged to undertake an intrepid voyage into the black, not only the black of space itself, but the sable unknown. Our first stop, Spyhei XEX. D2-9, the planet of death, in orbit of a neutron star and then onwards. We brave the depths, our quest lies westward. If you've got free time on Saturday at 2000 UK time, time, that's 1900 UTC, then you could do worse than attend the snappily entitled En Soiree avec Rampage, pour de pupil. Let's hope Rampage is better than at organising than he is at French, and the cunning linguist says, If you fancy a little pew-pew in Odyssey, I'm running a ground combat event this Saturday. We will all team up and pick the name, the same side for the same pew-pew. Daka-daka. Ah, oh, PWP fun. Location to be confirmed, but it's in the bubble and close to Hutton Space. We will be using... Hutton team speak. And that's it, this week's roundup of community led events. If you want yours to be featured, just email I took part at huttonorbital.com and we'll get in touch. And that was the news. Stay tuned for brand new Gownet News Digest, Flossie's Roundup of the CG News, Hutton Sports Report, and of course, this week's Act of Courage and Daring as Amelia tackles one of the galaxy's most rare and dangerous items, so you don't have to. But first... And we made it through the news all in... Well, not one piece, but we made it through the news anyway. Oh, how many pieces in? Yes. Seamless. Seamless. In, yeah. in, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it wasn't on the Which is even more seamless. seamless. Yes. Yeah. Yes, including a chick's disappearing out, out, out the room and coming back in again, and nobody noticed. It was in the middle of a sentence and nobody noticed. No? At least at least he started leaving the room when he breaks when the... <laughs> well, no, no, that depends which way he's facing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's propelled. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Frontier Livestream. Let's let us talk about the Frontier Livestream yeah. on Tuesday. Right. Go on. I, right. Never, I never saw it, so anything, anything, anything <laughs> anybody can provide interesting for me. So, in, last week was Super Cruise News. Remember, they go bi-weekly now. Stop moving the script around. Hmm. Um, so this week <laughs> was Dev Update 3, which was largely about Update 7, which they talked about Super Cruise News last week. Update 7, Flossie will be pleased to hear, focuses most on conflict zones. Flossie? Yeah, wonderful. Shotgun to the face aficionado now? Anyway, 
Well, update seven lands at some point. They may have told us, but it's some some point in September. And it was hosted by Zach and Arf. Which is is that the frontier version of mac and cheese? <laughs> anyway, um, already mentioned in the news, we have nice bright yellow defense turrets, the Gatso Gatso turrets. So uh, there's a there's a video doing the rounds on social channels, which uh, Arf narrates. Um, well, they look pretty tasty. They, they look pretty efficient, don't they? We I think do. The, yeah. so I, think, I think the thing is, is you, you like hold off, you, you send in your ground troops and try and disable it on the ground with your, you get your old art cutter out your maverick suit and... Uh, yeah. Panel cut, panel down, all that. Yeah, big, and I think that makes a lot of sense because it, it's too easy just bring in a big ship, blow everything up, yeah. and then just walk in and take... Well, I think, As a... Yeah. Yes, as as one certainly would, lady would say, just uh, let's just nuke the site from orbit to be sure. Um, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things as well. You kind of think you now really want to get those turrets down before you bring a ship in there. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like before and you go, yeah, I'll just use a ship to take out the that yeah. the air Dump defense fires. turrets. Yeah. Yeah, Fire now you'd really want to get them taken down before you take a ship anywhere yeah. near I mean, that. I, I suppose, it, or combinations thereof. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But it'll be good. It'd be good now if you want to come in with a ship. You want to send a stealth team in first. So, you know, you can either be the pilot or you can be one of the stealth team. Or you know, it, all good for PWP, the Hutton way. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was funny. One of Arf was commenting on one of the. <laughs> One of the versions of this he saw was basically they they tweaked these things up to the max so absolutely oh, nothing God. got through and just annihilated everything. They went, oh, I think we better turn that one down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, it, apparently it's playable. And then there's there's lots of other sort of stuff coming with update seven as well. Uh, you remember the issue tracker? One of the one of the things on there was about lighting and cosmetics and mm. terrain textures, and so they've they've deem that a lot of it's some of it is 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 valid and some of it is a little bit subjective you know it's it's too pink it's too great it's too too light too dark whatever it's it's some of it's personal preference so what they've done is they've closed those items on their issue tracker so it frees up people's votes so they can vote on more specific aspects of those general um those general items yeah i did Felt from what they were saying that it stuff was just getting lost, wasn't it? Because you know it is when you get a conversation going on too long. Yeah, well, that that point fifty seven days ago that you were talking about. Yeah, it's, yes. no, it's not possible. Yeah. and some of, some of them were quite sort of generic comments that people had then oh, quite legitimately had then gone off to support, but then they done the thing. But because it, you know, you, you, as we know, you can only please some of the people some of the time. Um, they said, right, this one's closed, and if you've got a specific point to make, make your specific point with your vote and see if people will support it. So there's some, um, I think there's some performance optimizations in 7 as well, but AF did say that you'll people will notice more... Um, uh, performance optimizations coming in update eight. Um, the drop for that is TBC, so it's maybe monthly, maybe not monthly. We don't know. Um, Apex redirects, which we covered earlier on in the news, you know, yeah, the usual, I think it's, what, it's interesting because it's a it, I, I think it's a sort of I mean, they're closing the this issue off. So, well, people saying they haven't got anything to do. Well, I think that. 
that's up to you. If you're driving out to Hutton, you've got nothing to do during that time. Well, what else do you do in a taxi? Usually, yeah, sit and look at your phone. <laughs> yeah. But be, that, look at your phone, look out the window, be drunk. because yeah. that's probably why you got a taxi. But at least with the redirection, at least you haven't. You're not at a position where you've made the wrong decision. Then you've got to sit there and wait for an hour and a half to get up to Hutton, then get out and go back again. You this can is, actually. This is yeah. probably this is probably a daft question, but why don't you just fly your ship there? Yes. Well, yes. By the sign, it's not a daft question. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't be bored. Fly your ship there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've started using the taxis. Yeah, I've used them since the... uh, When I had no ship to fly myself. (laughs) So I got my own ship to stop flying. Was it because you kept getting stuck on the apex desk? Remember those days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because you wait till they invent space breathalysers, then you'll want a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the interiors, do you remember when mm. station interiors, like the, the cargo bay interiors, had a had a revamp? God, I've got to remember when that oh, was. Oh, yeah. Years yeah. ago. Well, they've done the same or started to do the same with, with the social spaces. So uh, I was looking at one of the agricultural um, stations today, and the social spaces look very green. Okay. Sort of like it's like astroturf, and you know. That'd be nice. And they were saying you're in a, a, a um, an agriculture station. Well, ex- exactly. It's no, you can smell that. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you got you got rubbish on the floor. It's oh, it's sheep crap. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it does make me kind of think as well that if if we're not doing stuff like you know writing bits, fixing things like, you know, rubbish on the floor and cosmetics and things like that. Have they started working on the Xbox version yet? Mm-hmm. Of, think- or this? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going we to mention this. If you're doing, well, if you're doing wee silly things, mm. and I don't know if they are all wee silly things, but if you're doing wee things like cosmetics and mm. rubbish on the floor... Well, they're still trying to figure out... You know there's rubbish on the floor. They're still trying to figure out why it stays on the floor in a zero-G environment. Electromagnetism. Mm. It could be Velcro. We don't know. We haven't. We we need monsters yeah, to figure this yeah. out. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Stickiness. Anyway. All of anyway, up. I'm just wondering when, when this stuff will get to be. When this stuff will get to be coming to the opposable the thumbs. Yeah. No. I, mm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. I'm trying to think. Try to think of the word. When this stuff gets to be prosaic enough, yeah. that you can then go right. Now is the time to start working on the Xbox thing. Now, mm. You know. Because I mean, it sounds like it's eminently playable, you know. Yeah, and I'd after maybe it. after the update eight, because there's meant to be a lot of optimizations mm-hmm. in there, you know. We can, but hope I think. Yeah. Spe- speaking of broken hearts, um, mm-hmm. did, did, was any we've got no no Zeno hunters in here? I don't. I think. Um, did you know you couldn't break a? There was a particular type of Thargoid, and you couldn't break its heart. It was no. apparently Aww. indestructible. Well, it was a. Hard-hearted little bastard. That's right. <laughs> but apparently now you can. There was some some bug that they fixed, and no, I don't really know what all that's about either. But uh, I tend to don't shoot the flower people. Yeah, don't shoot the flower people. Uh, even <laughs> the usual sort of screenshots and stuff, you know, stellar mm. screenshots, that stuff, and even the ED lead league league, league. of Master Bakers. Got to mention the elite dangerous. Baking club. You're, you're a member of that area, aren't you? I, oh yes, I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have they got to mention? I show, they show me baps quite often. Some some bearded <laughs> so chappy. <see. laughs> 
<laughs> Some bearded chap in an apron. Got his. Uh... Anyway, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go, go, go. I'm going to say, speaking of updates, anybody remember when the Hollow Me was updated to what it is right now? Because I, I saw Vantian in a station earlier, and these Hollow Me look just like him. It smelled like just him. Like him. It even smelled like him. Oh, and, and when God. I poked him, he said, ow, get off. Oh, that's realistic. <laughs> and I do believe he's listening to the show this evening from his hotel room. In that London. In that, that Metrolopis. Yes, it's definitely a bit of a Metrolopis. Metrolopis, yes. <laughs> a great Metrolopis. So we had a, we had a well, half a gallon or so before the show. and uh, It doesn't show. Half did a you, gallon of did you fall asleep on your keyboard? It was nothing to do with your internet. You just fell asleep on the yeah, keyboard, just, didn't you? Just crept out. Yeah. So would you after half a gallon of Metrolopis? Yes. Metrolopis? That's the stuff. Is he? He's not in the chat, is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, no, 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 no. Excellent. God for that. No. We, can talk about, we can talk about him now. So. Mm. I had, I've one. Well, I, uh, I saw this in the Elite Dangerous Community group. I know a lot of people are not in there. <clears throat> the salt level can be quite high. <laughs> there, there's a the, the guy Ogilvy Moreau. I, I don't know the commander name. Found out that a commander Highford apparently, and I only have this chap's word for it, won a live stream prize to have their name used as an NPC. Well, long, long, many back at the beginning, I think. And the NPC was apparently hunted down and killed by black flight operatives in 3303. So Highford's cache cache was a data log found near Colonia that pointed to Project Seraph and their attempts to to human pilot a Thargoid vessel. Then the data log led from one system to another and another, including HIP 22711, on which... Planet 5A has recorded first football. Football? Football? First football? football? Oh, that is a first football. I want to see now. What else will you do with legs, you say? First football by a Commander Highford. So the first football on a place the Commander Highford in the game the NPC was actually discovered by the real Commander Hyford. Oh, doppelgangers or what? Just a bit spooky. Mm. 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 Uh, follow, yes, follow up to. Oh, you've lost me. Uh, follow up, follow up to <laughs> last go, week's just, thing. Just go. Sh- with it. Yeah, it's just fine. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of follow-ups, following through. Uh, your last week, the Alex Zuno, our um, um, pirate hunter. Uh, doing a joint venture to try and work out how far can you go in super cruise like, <coughs> like the uh, fuel rats have to do if you go for a very long uh, rescue but trying to work out with uh, proper empirical data the exact longest distance you can go how much you need exactly everything you need and it's oh yeah really quite complex formula uh, if you don't like maths it's Quite complex, even if you do like maths. But uh, what they've what they've <laughs> they, done they decide is, not to bother after all. No, 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 no. They're doing it. What we've actually, what they've provided, and I put this in our Facebook group, but I'll, I'll talk about it here as well. They've actually put a place if you want to go and help them collect data on how close you get to a star when you come out, um, how much fuel you use, or whole load, whole load of stuff. Um, they've got um, uh, a, a website which is um, just 
getting ready to paste this I, in. I'm I'm looking at it now. Yes, yes. It's mm. where you can. They want to look at star drop distances. What's the nav lock destination lock and exclusion zone? Uh, and star exclusion zones. The distance from zone to core for specific stars. They're working the way through. And if truckers do it, we will actually get. Um, uh, first recognition alex is holding it open for a while for truckers to go and do that so it, it it's not the most exciting but it's going to be quite helpful i think so if we actually ended up with a way of knowing we want to go this far how many ships do we need and what do, what exactly do we need and we'll know we'll make it that's actually quite a useful thing to do so if you feel like doing that please do because alex has done a lot for us in terms of sorting out the pirate menace even though they do keep spawning but she's put a lot of work into this so uh, i go and have a look at iniv.space at the very least and have a look also that's where her guide to how to be the best possible uh, anti-pirate pilot you can be is mm. right and now um, it's time I, for, I think I... we have to sing now don't we Okay. I, I think we should. Yes, OK. <coughs> Ready? <coughs> on, th on, on three. Well, we better tell them why first. Yeah, we better tell them why. Okay. Well, they'll know why. Yeah, but they might not know why. Well, well, this, they this probably is, don't this is, know this why. Is, this is slightly belated, only uh, only slightly belated. Only a day. Yeah, quite. Well, we, we don't... We could. Come, we would have changed... Yes. Yeah. so old, it gets lost in the yes. rounding up, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, quite. At his age, it's not going to make much difference at all. No. Uh, no. The the uh, the person to whom Alvin owes everything, and to whom from whom Alvin gives everything, as it were. No, that's not right. Anyway, a symbiosis. <laughs> I sim a sy I don't know, I'm sober. A symbiosis here between Alvin and Snoz. <laughs> uh, oh bollocks! It's it was Snoz's birthday yesterday. <laughs> Oh, this one, Alvin is running around the room going, oh, shit, make it stop, make it stop. <laughs> oh. So, happy birthday for yesterday, Mike. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, another free trip round Seoul. Mm -hmm. yep. Alvin signed them on for another year. Yeah. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's passed his probation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he's booster jags and he's worming tablets. He's good, for a, good to go for another year. You should give them to Alvin, but, you know. Whatever. Yeah, you know, yep. can't, you can't stop them these days. Mm. Oh, okay. I've got one. Mm. I've got one. Uh, Hutton Helper, week 300. Oh, yes. yes. That is what, nearly birthday. five years of Hutton Helper. Do we have to sing it again? No. 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 <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. For the birthday. love of everything, no. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Hutton Helper. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yes, it's not divisible by 52. Yeah, but it's 300. Yeah, shut your face, you. Yes, the Hutton Helper. You know the boss of me. Hutton Helper has been taking information and chewing it up for 300 weeks. Uh, Bless. <laughs> Bless times two. Yeah. Mm.
Mm. And when it gets when it gets to five hundred and ten, three hundred and ten, five hundred and twenty. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. All right, so we're going. <laughs> we're going off the point, even for us. I think three hundred and twelve is the week you're looking for. Yeah. Oh be, yeah. Be, what, so so we'll do it again in uh, three months. Okay. <laughs> if we remember. <laughs> All right. Christmas, come on. Really look, look. Hang on. I'm just going to say what comes between A and R and Ardwolf in the dictionary is three entries before Aaron's rod. Is it, is it Anaconda? It's Pangolin. <laughs> no. Batman. Is it Batman? No. Mm. No. Have a sec. Amelia, put us out. Oh, have a sec. Have a sec. <laughs> Aardvark. Aardvark! Oh! Aardvark! Aardvark! Anyway, after that mention of a nocturnal badger-sized burrowing mammal of Africa with long ears, a tubular snout, and a long extensible tongue... That's the way you talk about chicks. (laughs) (laughs) You won't catch me out two weeks running. (laughs) It's over to the lovely Flossie to bring us up to speed with everything that's happening in the world of Community Goals. It's Flossie, it's Flossie, it's Flossie, it's Flossie, and the community goes. Hello, Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News. There were no CGs last week, so nothing to report there. New CGs for 2nd of September 3307. Support Neomedical Industries Onion Head Project and protect deliveries for Neomedical Industries. Neomedical Industries has requested deliveries to produce Onion Head Gamma Strain for Alliance and Independent Systems. The new variant of the popular psychedelic drug is currently sold in a handful of independent systems by the Kumo Crew Syndicate. The IHO has confirmed that the product does have many medical applications. Alwyn Kendrick, CEO of Neomedical Industries, outlined the initiative. Our goal is to gather sufficient resources for the manufacture of onion head gamma strain as a medical treatment. Target markets will include both independent and aligned systems should enough commodities be delivered. We request that pilots transport HE suits, polymers and robotics to equip and port in the Hathis system. Reimbursements will be arranged by our corporate partner, Hathis Purple Dynamic Group. Should Tier 1 be be reached, Neomedical Industries will have enough resources to make this medically certified onion head gamma strain available at approximately 10% of independent industrial economies. At Tier 2, it will extend to 15% of industrial, independent industrial economies. At Tier 3, it will include 15% of industrial econ- economies in alliance systems. At Tier 4, it will extend to 20% for both alliance and independent industrial economies. At Tier 5, it will extend to 25% for both Alliance and Independent Industrial Economies. Should everything go smoothly, 
New Medical Industries expects to bring the onion head gamma strain to market on the 17th of September 3307. Security experts have advised that criminal elements may try to disrupt this project. Therefore, we are offering bounty vouchers on all wanted ships to protect these deliveries. Reimbursements will be arranged by our corporate partner, Here's This Purple Dynamic Group. To help protect Neo Medical Industries initiative, hand in bounty vouchers at Cribbon Port in the Here's This system. As well as credits, the following rewards are on offer for both CGs. The top 75% of contributors will receive the Onion Head 1 decal. Top 50% will receive the Onion Head 2 decal. Top 25% will receive Onion Head 3 decal. And the top 10% of contributors will also receive the Mark III, Cobra Mark III Onion Head skin. The campaign begins on 2nd of September 3307 and will run for one week. Final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering HE suits, polymers and robotics or handing in bounty vouchers to Crippen Port in the Hathis system. Only bounty vouchers handed in after signing up will count towards your personal contribution total. And that's it for this week's CG News. Glossy told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. And remember, folks, that if you're transporting drugs across systems, the authorities already know about the secret internal heading places, so you'll be swallowing all those drugs in vain. Commander Beetlejude and Witherspoon are paused now in their own corner of the studio, which they've roped off and put up a sign saying VIP area in Korean, obviously, but it was drawn by Beetlejuice, so the sign borrows heavily from the uh, from the industrial post-war era and and gives us gives us flavours of uh, postmodern modernism as well as being very beautiful. Relax now as a pair that have been round more twists and turns than Watson and Crick try to make sense of the random collection of atoms that is their galaxy in the Galnet News Digest. Galnet News Digest, 2nd of September 3307. We read the news, so you don't have to. In this week's news, People's Princess attends Fairfax Funeral. The Federation's first dictator. Annoying Archon. A whiff off the farmyard. People's Princess attends Fairfax Funeral. In the aftermath of the Civil War that saw the leaders of the Marlinism Reformation Party, which was at that time the political wing of the NMLA, defeated, with moderate Octavia Volkov voted in as the new First Minister, and with the funeral of the murdered First Minister Jenna Fairfax concluded, the Marlinist colonies are seeing a resurgence of confidence, with all original colony systems back under their control, and some Marlinists ambitiously expanding into new systems. 
First Minister Volkov has stressed that the Marlinist colonies will create a Marlinist republic and will not attempt to change the political system of the empire, the site of the first Marlinist republic, the historic Republic of Achinar. She said she hoped that the success of the new Marlinist Republic might in due course inspire imperial citizens to walk, as she put it, the path to democracy. The Empire has recognised the diplomatic status of Marlinist Prime Consul Coyote Tao, but unlike the Federation and the Alliance, is not actively encouraging diplomatic or trade relations with these colonies of ex-imperial citizens. However, colonists were delighted and touched when Princess Ashling Duval attended the funeral of Jenna Fairfax via a Holovid link. While there may be some hardliners like Torval and Petraeus who will never accept Marlinist sovereignty, progressive people's princess Ashling seems to be offering an olive branch. The Federation's First Dictator Federal Vice President Jerome Archer has angrily denied that President Hudson stands any chance of being labelled a dictator in a reaction to criticism directed at the Domestic Counterterrorism Act by senior politicians in both the Alliance and the Empire. Senator Denton Petraeus, military right-hand man to the Emperor, declared dismissively that the arrogance and corruption of the Federation's leaders made it inevitable that citizens would turn against those leaders. The centre would rot and the whole federal systems would fall apart. The Alliance Deputy Prime Minister Angela Corcoran was only marginally more diplomatic, asserting that the people of the Federation were right to declare independence from Hudson and his cronies, given the intrusive meddling of the Proactive Detection Bureau. And she said Hudson needs to watch out if he's to avoid being labelled the Federation's first dictator. Vice President Archer described both the Empire and Alliance as reactionary, resisting inevitable change, and also hinted that their reactive approach to acts of terrorism leaves them always on the back foot, whereas the Federation's intelligence-led approach to crime is leading the way, allowing the Federal Intelligence Agency to arrest criminals before they have even committed their crime. Annoying Arcom. One of the two pharmaceutical megacorporations has undertaken to supply onion head gamma strain as a medicine. In the process, it may find itself annoying a major crime syndicate and its only comparable rival. Neomedical Industries, which was formed in December 3304 by the merger of Allied Medical Industries and NeoSalve, is taking the Interstellar Health Organization's findings that gamma strain is effective against both psychological and musculoskeletal conditions at face value, declaring the impropriety of the Pirates of the Kumo crew profiting from a drug that could benefit tens of millions of patients. Neomedical plans to stockpile the drug and to distribute it to markets within the Alliance and independent systems, a much wider distribution than the Kumo crew has managed with its paltry selection of industrial anarchy outlets. The dig at the Kumo crew, which Archon Delane has been working hard to establish as a respectable power, and the competition to both the Kumo crew's monopoly on gamma strain supply and Vandermeer Corporation's established portfolio of drugs for treating the same conditions is unlikely to make either organisation like Neomedical any better. But Neomedical may not mind that too much, 
By adding respectability to the Gamma Strain product, it stands to have something almost as profitable as the Vitadine nanomeds that are manufactured by Vandermeer. Neomedical has not yet explained whence it plans to get its stocks of this new drug. A whiff of the farmyard. In a move designed to relieve station social areas of their homogeneity, the Pilots' Federation has announced that the station interiors will soon be subtly modified to reflect the economy and wealth of the system. Quite what this will mean is still partially under wraps, but some concepts have been shared, showing what these interiors might look like. Service, tourist and high-tech stations will of course benefit greatly with an opulent look, including liberal use of red carpeting, gold railings and a delightful selection of real plants. Asteroid bases will become a dusty orange and tan colour because who would want to forget that they're in a dusty orange ball of rock hurtling through space? Industrial social spaces will be steely blue with more angles and at least a bit of the Mies van der Rohe about them. The unnecessary pipework will be added for decorative purposes. Wealthy stations will at last hire some proper cleaners to pick up and recycle all those crisp packets and empty drink bottles that littering commanders seem to leave in the hangar entrance and by the lifts. It's going to be great. But of course, the pièce de résistance will be agricultural stations. These will be imbued with a genuine fake sense of place, with chickens running around the floor of Vista Genomics, Apex Interstellar offering tractor rides, Pioneer Supplies selling shotguns, the bar, which serves only industrial strength cider, hosting nights out for the young farmers. Interastral will sell old spaceships that have failed their spaceworthiness test, but we still have hundreds of light years left on the clock. In frontline solutions, there will be haystacks and pitchforks, and the locals will be dressed in smocks, and will stand around chewing grass stalks and falling silent whenever a stranger draws near. Far from cleaning up the mess, cleaners in agricultural stations will add to it, leaving piles of tyres in corners. Farmyard manure mixed with straw will be scattered discreetly just where commanders are about to step and get off my land signs We tacked wonkily to the walls. If you accidentally order an Apex shuttle to one of these stations, you'd be well advised to tap the driver on the shoulder and ask him to take you home instead. You really don't want to see the straw effigy these farmers are building in the concourse. And that's this week's Galnet News. And now it's time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Commander Beetlejude would like to point out that in that last scene that it was not her bottom that was on display. The arse was, in fact, played by Wotherspoon. But, and it's a big but, we now head over to someone who never has to play at being an arse. It's the Apology Officer with the Sports Report. I 
like big butts in a can at all. Welcome to this week's Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free bus pass, in case you have to leave the Frontline Solutions battlefield in a hurry. This week we have the following events. The Where Did They Get All That Yellow Paint special. The Is That Brian the Rocket Launcher in Your Primary Weapon Slot? Are You Just Pleased to See Me? May West Memorial. The lasering of cocking balls onto the defence turrets, Stealth Art Challenge Cup. The Get to the Apex Sprint. The I've Been Doing This Before Anyone Heard of Frontline Pro-Am Tournament. And the Adders in the Hot Zone Challenge. So, no camping the spawn points, keep away from the thruster ports, and check your gravity before throwing a grenade. The classified results are... Comet Bomb. 100. Caramba. 46. Tronica. 14. Poltargeist. 11. Bograt. 516. LDSK. 354. Impala Mark. 100. Argontineus. 71. Protomaniac. 244. Kuroi Kitsumi. 25. Darkness Seas 101, 3659. Will Settler Song 733. Queen's Park 2. Edinburgh City 3. Forfar Athletic 1. Arbroath 3. Wolf 359 Wanderers 2. Sparta Soul 2. Barnard Staff, 2nd 11, Lord Chetty has a groin strain, 1. Ritzamino Barbarians, 2. Right, decals this week for Impala Mark, who has won a decal before but still hasn't claimed it. Please email itookpart at huntandorbital.com and arrange to collect your hunting decal kit, which this week consists of the blood of your enemies and a blast-proof stencil. Wait, what? There are seven hunting runs this week by six commanders. I think Wonders must be offering discounts again. The most, most desperate, I mean, fastest of these was Commander Darkness Seas 101, who got there in 1 hour, 23 minutes and 54 seconds, which places them in 82nd place. No challenges to the record there then. Following on where Wolf Eyes, Zen Zob Grell, Kyle, oh, Chaos Kiss Kiss Reborn, and Marcus Ezekiel. Bringing up the rear, which will cost you extra if you're in Wanders, is in Palamark again, whose slowest time was 5 hours, 9 minutes and 38 seconds, putting them in 601st place overall. I sent some reluctance to actually get to Hutton there. think maybe they're a cubicle 3 attendant. Are you bored? Have you had enough of tenderising the face of your enemies with the butt of your plastic space rifle? It's the bloodlust wearing off and the red mist clearing. Will you scream if you see another yellow turret? Do you have Apex on speed dial? Well then maybe you need a little break. How about going the whole hog on one of our hunting sports and show the pros how you do things? How you ask? Well here's how. Just go to hot.fordermark.com and download or sign up for the hunting helper before hanging up your legs and getting into it. Let's face it. Anything has to be better than getting a wanted before being ruthlessly gunned down and tasered until you pee yourself by local security. Well, that's it for this week. Back to the studio. 
Thank you, Mia. With a report like that, no wonder you're the apology officer. Hey, who wrote this rubbish? Mia's great. When I find out who it was... Anyway, whilst I go and get my best backhand pan, it's time for Amelia to bring us the Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. Beer. Wherever you find humans, you will almost inevitably find beer. Whether it's mass-produced fizzy lager found at the various starports, sports bar, showing whichever zero-G ball sport is in vogue at the moment, and most probably consumed in large quantities before some bloke named Steve challenges the human edifices, uh, most probably cybernetically enhanced, to step outside for a few rounds of something not approved by the Marquis of Queensbury. Or it's bearded and braces wearing new, new, new age hipsters sipping at tiny glasses of whatever craft beer has been brewed in the basement of a nearby orbital. <clears throat> beer is everywhere. It may not be entirely legal everywhere. Some of the more prohibitive corners of the galaxy frown on beer for religious or health or just social well-being reasons. Or, of course, it could be, as they much prefer, their brand of posh spirits with a dash of mixer and a little umbrella. But whatever the case, legal or not, there will be someone quaffing something somewhere in the galaxy at any point in time. As with many of the commodities that Galnet have asked me to test over the years, there are common or garden varieties. Then there are the rare ones. Grassian Giza beer is one of these, available only at Eurichkin Port and Geras, in orbit around Geras 3A. They've tuned their own variety of brewmeister and brewmistress artisanry to a high, high level. Their secret ingredients, uh, the bioluminescent plankton found in the oceans below. The plankton are harvested from the seas, added to the brewing process at just the right moment and end their lives exceedingly happy, swimming to their end in a high-gravity potent vat of fermenting alcohol. As they pass from this world into an alcoholic afterlife, their bioluminescent bodies add to the fermentation process and the final product is something you'll find nowhere else in the galaxy. Famed for its potency, this isn't quaffing beer that you take pride in getting as much down your front guzzling hole as possible. This is a sipping beer. It has a strong aroma, brought about by the plankton, and, of course, sits there all on its own, glowing. The chemicals that provide the bioluminescence can't be broken down by the human body. Some is absorbed by the digestive system, giving regular drinkers a healthy glow. And, of course, meaning they can easily be found in the dark. And of course, once their waste filtration systems have done their thing, the resultant byproduct when you pop into the little pilot's room is bright. The beer itself is delicious and Moorish, meaning that after the first sip, uh, after well, after the first trip to the facilities, it's often followed by another one and another as you spend an evening drinking yet more of this. Of course, these reports wouldn't be the same without the side effects. 
first, let's start with the scorn of your peers. Exit the washroom without having washed your hands, and the guilty telltale glow on your hands will cause your already glowing cheeks to flush crimson with embarrassment. One glance at the tub of peanuts on the end of the bar will tell you whether the great unwashed have been doing or not doing exactly that. If your nuts are glowing, we don't recommend you eat them. Ugh. And should Tharg the Mighty hyperdict you after a particularly heavy night out on the geese of beer, have a little accident in the trouser department and your flight suit trousers will be glowing like you've just been irradiated in an industrial accident. Then, of course, there are the hangovers. A geezer hangover is something you'll likely only ever want to experience once. First, your skin will be glowing. Everyone will know you feel rougher than a badger's arse. Then, of course, so will your eyeballs. Even when your eyes are tightly shut to stop the room spinning, there's no respite from the glow. There will, to quote, be a bastard behind your eyes wearing big boots, probably with magnetic soles, and they will be stomping around the inside of your skull like a zero-g maniac mechanic around the inside of a derelict station. You'll wish you weren't there. Painkillers won't help. Nothing will help. You'll consider that being eaten by Thargoids or viciously probed by them would be a birthday party in comparison. And what's worse, you'll realise that this hangover is an inevitable two-day hangover. Even unconscious, your dreams will have a hangover. Trust me, <clears throat> if you have to have a geezer, only a little geezer as an alternative is a deeply unpleasant experience. Uh, I've just realized that my hands are glowing. And judging by the collection of sample glasses on the desk next to me, I, I may have been a little foolish in my taste testing last night. Oh God, this is a headache. Oh, this is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. I'm, uh, I'm off to drink as much water as I can find. Ah, uh, otherwise, otherwise, ah, oh, please, someone shoot me now. Amelia Hawke there, showing the consequences of having a little geezer inside you. <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> That's very naughty. Yeah, but that's what she was. Was it was a beer? Well, you're, you're glowing, you, my dear. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you're trying to defend yourself after saying it. No. Yep. No, I don't care. <laughs> tot, tot. <laughs> pardon? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Don't you touch me. But, yes, that does sound like one of those strange things that are quite dangerous because uh, <clears throat> any trace is going to going to um, betray you. Can, can I ask for some clarification? Mm -hmm. There was there was mention um, at one point of a front guzzling hole. Yes, I, I'm not aware hole. of there being a rear guzzling hole, or have I missed something? It depends on the parties you go to, I guess. Well, yes, I suppose yes. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
There's a lot you can do with a funnel on the length of a rubber hose. Mm. You could make a musical instrument. You could. Clearly, you're going to the wrong parties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't go to any of them twice. I don't get invited. No, you see, you, no, you see the wrong parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I should have used my mouth to blow, blow the other end of the tube, yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm. <clears throat> Tuber impressions. Well, that's, a, that's obviously... I think the, that beer is obviously something where you have to take your time. Don't, don't mm. overindulge. And, um, Everything in moderation. And, of course, it does mean, of course, if you've been to the pub and you're having to head back down a, a unlit country lane, you can create your own um, cat's eyes, as it were. My God, mm. where do you live? <laughs> an unlit... Returning from the pub but via an unlit country lane? There are plenty of... Not where I live, but there are plenty of people I know uh, mm. who have that kind of mm. issue. Well, Yokels, clearly. Yes. <laughs> OK. That's mm. all right, then. I, I do. I'm sorry. We should be inclusive and, and make sure we mention yokels from time to time as well. Oh, I always take a lantern to the end of the drive. <laughs> That's just because you're looking for your ship to come in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, ship, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. a ship, again. right? Yeah. 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 Oh, here we go. Yeah. Get down the rabbit hole again. <laughs> With rabbits. No. Sailor joke in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm. <clears throat> oh, that was that was fun. And I hope your head gets yeah. better soon, Amelia. I said I hope your head gets better soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I wish you two big sandwiches to smash together. Yes. <laughs> Go well soon, Amelia. Happy birthday to you. Half past ten. <laughs> and all's well. <laughs> so, what, what, what clock are you reading from? I've got quarter to ten here. Mm. Oh, don't say that. He's going to stretch out for 15 minutes now you hit the deadline. <laughs> 45 minutes. 45 no. minutes. I've got paint this morning. I've got paint. paint it could what? be drying in there, and I'm not there to watch it. Do we Do we have anything to wrap ourselves up with, as it were? Hang and on, I don't mean newspaper. What have you found? Oh, I'm just getting the headphones off my ear rolls. No. <laughs> I'm still coming back from Colonia, if anyone's interested. Like I know I'm not. <laughs> what are you doing, walking? <laughs> I'm in a type six. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a jump range of fifty eight light years. Though it's not that bad. It's just that I've been doing other things, so I've not a lot of time. Uh, I've been using get, the chicks method. It's it's just because I get so excited, you know. It gets loud. Yes. What other thing? What other items we didn't cover this week was there? I thought somebody had found there was he was given a mission to a planet. That was actually further from the star than Hutton is from Alpha oh, Centauri. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we don't know the name of it. And when I when I um, actually I actually logged in, I logged into game to find out where it was, and there were no, well over. A, never. We got most of. It's like getting half of a number plate. You know, uh, it's a. I know it's a, a blue Cortina, and it begins with an A. It was something like that. So there was more than a hundred places it might be and since they were out in Kalalalonia I thought I'm not going to fly out to Kalalalonia and hope hope I can go through all of these and find them so we didn't do that maybe we'll cover that in a future episode you mm -hmm. always buy the system data yeah but I don't know I, all I could there was a, a you picture. buy all of them oh yes yeah there was there was a screenshot which had yeah. some yeah, of the address on it yes and it was cut off so I couldn't actually see what it was yeah mm. oh well mm. So you know the general vicinity, you just don't know which yeah. of the 
150, 200, yeah. Because it only tells you there's more than 100. There could have been more than 500 for all I know. Yeah, there could have been more than a million, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quite. So uh, we won't be covering that until we can narrow it down a bit further. (laughs) That's that's too much even for us. I don't think think even Draxor would go and visit all of those for us. (laughs) So we need somebody who's somewhere out by Colonia. I'm on the other side of the galactic core. Hang on, he's making it. I, I, did did anybody say apology officer? Mm. No, but I knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet it's one of the planets that you go to and you have to be an Odyssey person to land on it. Mm. Yeah, you may not. Uh, I don't know. Well, well, but why don't you get there and tell us? Yeah. <laughs> I might. I might. If we can get the system address, I might yeah, just do that. I have, I've asked. But has not, he's yet, the person has not yet responded to any ministrations where people have said, please tell us the, the full name. They, they probably, probably had to go for a lie down in the darkened room, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the stuff we didn't cover, plus a whole load of other things. Right, OK, well, let's stretch that out for three more minutes. I think that's that's enough. I've, I've, I've done what I can. It's respectable. It's respectable. Yeah. yeah. Is it, though? Okay. Is it respectable? Well, let's hope not. Okay, it's not an excessively short amount of time. No. But is it respectable? <laughs> not as respectable as it should be. None of this is. Uh, well, thanks everybody for turning up. Even thank you, chicks, for turning up twice in the same show. Don't mind me. I was phoning it in. Yeah. Mm. Oh. That's why it explains the sound. All right, look, we've bored enough people doing that. Um, then uh, I think we're just headphones, chicks, headphones. On it, on it. I've, I've got, I've got um, a limit on mine, so it, it won't do it. Okay, <clears throat> the the dulcet tones, or the sorry, the dull set tones of Amelia Hook, <laughs> who will uh, lead us off with why are we here? For the man. Ouch, Grammy is back. I should have moved <laughs> further out. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading up the Tina.
years to go. Cruising to Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. For the back, for the back. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. For the back, for the back. Now everybody sing the hot and drunk a song. For the back, for the back. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. For the back, for the back. Now everybody sing the hot and drunk a song. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so 